you. Ashamed of yourself. Recorded in London, I'm Charlie Braids Price, and I'm producing this episode of the podcast all about shame. talk about shame in two senses. The shame we put on and feel within ourselves and the shame brought upon us by society's wider expectations. Because I think they they do play into each other but they are kind of separate things right? Mm -hmm. So Ruby as your token red-faced friend I feel like the feelings of shame are often close to the surface for me. (laughs) She's now going slightly red. (laughs) So Ruby do you ever have the feeling that you're going to be found out? Constantly. I I live on the brink where I constantly think people are going to find out that I'm not as cool as I clearly am. (laughs) That means you are (laughs) clearly cool. (laughs) As smart as I am. Or I feel shame when I don't know stuff, actually. A lot of it's about intelligence or mainly about work-oriented things as well. Like, I feel like maybe I have imposter syndrome and that people will find out that I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I I just think people are going to find out I'm not very nice. (laughs) <laughs> or like they just feel like I don't actually like you <laughs> that's the constant fear for me but it's weird to think what actually are these feelings why, why do we have them and now a definition the definition of shame a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consequences of wrong or foolish behaviour she was hot with shame <laughs> Or a regrettable or unfortunate situation or action. The definition of being ashamed. Feeling embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions, characteristics or associations. Reluctant to do something through the fear of embarrassment or humiliation. So it kind of feels like being ashamed and being sh- feeling shame are quite different. Mm-hmm. Because being ashamed is more... It can be about your characteristics or your associations. So you could be ashamed of your gender or your race or your different things about yourself that can be an identi- identifying characteristic. That you can't change. Yeah. Rather than, oh, I slapped that person around the face. I feel shame because I did something stupid. Mm. So do you think there's like a spectrum of shame or you think that shame and ashamed are different things? Because even your definition of shame there, it's like she was hot with shame, like something quite like ragey. And then what a shame Ellie would be there, quite off the cuff, casual, casual shame. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate rather mm. than it's terrible, it's tragic. Yeah, we do use shame quite casually. Oh, that's a shame. Mm. (laughs) But actually, shame is horrible. Shame is one of the worst feelings. I was reading a psychology uh, magazine about shame, and this is what they told me. A good person will feel shame if they cheated on a test or did something mean to a friend. Feeling shame or being ashamed is one of the most miserable feelings of them all. If you're trying to make someone else feel bad by scolding them, you are shaming them. Research shows that shame and guilt, while sometimes connected, are very different emotions. In the best of circumstances, guilt or an acknowledgement of wrongdoing can lead to a positive change in a person's behaviour. Shame is a way of closing a person down. The brain takes in, like, emotional shame in the way that it, in the same way it would understand, like, abuse, like physical abuse. Mm. Yeah. But then when I'm reading that, it does feel like what your parents used to do. In like the sense? way your parents would tell you off. They're like, you're ashamed. Are you proud of yourself? Are you proud of what you've done? Right, like shut and, you down. Yeah. Mm. And like, that's how 
kids I mean is that how kids are told off or is that just how I was told off <laughs> <laughs> no I mean like I've definitely heard the word shame been, and it's been used at me like you should be ashamed or I'm so ashamed of you I feel like mm. my mum's once said that to me um that's a blow isn't it yeah that hurts oof Within childhood, I feel like shame was one of my base emotions, <laughs> along with hunger, fear, and joy. <laughs> oh, like earth, wind, fire. Not earth, wind, fire. Water. Of my childhood yeah. was hunger, shame. fear, joy, and shame. <laughs> I was a very, very ashamed child. What about you? What was your... I think so. Yeah, I mean, I was embarrassed by everything that I did. I'm, I don't know if shame is always the word that I use, because I'm trying to think of other words that maybe I would use, like... Is cringe the same as shame? Like, is it like, oh, I cringe at myself? Like, is that the same feeling as shame? Like, I'm so embarrassed about who I am that I, yeah, I cringe. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're cringe, it depends how long you cringe for. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like shame's really deep, like more deep rooted. Right. And Whereas cringe it, is like a momentary, I cringed and then it was over. Yeah. Shame I carried with me till death. So I'm going to play a clip from James Gilligan, who's an American psychiatrist and author. He's best known for his his work on violence, where he draws on 25 years of work in the American prison system to describe the motivation and causes behind violent behaviour. You think that probably isn't connected, Mm -hmm. but actually he talks about childhood shame very well, I think. Mm -hmm. So here's a clip. What is shame? Shame is the opposite of pride. If you think of pride as being self-love, shame is a lack of self-love. But children can't learn to love themselves, to have self-love, meaning pride, feelings of self-esteem, feelings of self-worth, feelings of self-respect, unless they've been given some love uh, from the parents who are raising them. The child who is unloved becomes incapable of loving himself, i.e., he is a shame-dominated personality, who, um, whose life consists after that of a desperate attempt to gain some respect from others and some self-respect. One of my most ashamed moments of my <laughs> childhood was when I was probably about eight or nine and we were playing like kiss chase but instead of kissing we were smacking each other's bottoms <laughs> <laughs> bottom chase bottom chase we were running around the playground smacking each other's bottom and there was a boy I fancied who I thought was playing but he wasn't oh he was two years older than me as well uh-oh so I ran up to him and smacked his bottom hard or was it yeah really hard oh, like wow. this is a game violence like, <laughs> yeah he just turned around to me, put both of his hands on my shoulders and shook me. and was like, what do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing? Get off me, sort of thing. And he said something like, you little bitch or something. Or it was something that really got to me. And I was like, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And then um, for the next about 10 years, I used to have to walk past his house every day on the way to school. I just died. And oh. I know I had a red face every time I walked past his house. And... I wasn't sm- smacking bottoms after that. No, you learned your lesson. I guess you were at that edge of exploring what was acceptable. Yeah. And then suddenly someone shut you down. He shut me down so quickly. Shut you down and was like, you have crossed the line into shame town. <laughs> into shame town. Yeah. And that's one of my most... Fe- Even if I saw him now, I'd feel a little bit embarrassed and ashamed of myself. Mm. God, you really carried that one then, yeah. No, but I'd really violated him in his mm. eyes. Yeah. 
that's shit. Do you, you have any shame stories? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I mean, I think the times I felt shame were definitely in my childhood were at school when a teacher yeah. would like bring me up for doing something. And I really remember this French teacher would always make us like stand up and like recite French. And, and I was so nervous and shy I was so shy when I was young really? I know, hard to believe but I was so shy like, <laughs> I found it really hard to get words out and I found it really hard to to stand up in class and talk about anything and he singled me out because I was like playing with my ruler oh god and he shouted at me like no one's ever shouted at me before and everybody I just like had like my tears were filling up in my eyes and I was trying to be really brave and it was like I mean try and seeing a, a brown girl go red it happened it totally happened <laughs> um that was the time I felt most ashamed of myself as well because I was like well am I doing something wrong am I fucking up my education and I'm being disrespectful to the teacher oh, God. but I also felt like he really singled me out so I had to be this person that everyone was looking at yeah and then when everyone's looking at you and you can feel it yeah and like the, you know that kind of heat that rises up in you and you can you can feel the blood rushing to your cheeks when you yeah. feel like that shame um I don't carry that exact moment with me forever but I definitely have a you know an inbuilt fear of being told off yeah by anybody by and, and I and everyone looking so yeah it still exists in me yeah is there anything you've done that you're really bloody ashamed of this is the moment bring it out before <laughs> someone else does <laughs> I think I'm probably really embarrassed about and ashamed of some sexual encounters I might have no had. you don't need to be ashamed about that that's all fun and games? Yeah, it should be. I feel a bit like... I feel like I slap shame myself. Okay. <laughs> and I think I have that conversation with myself. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I don't know. Have you done anything you're really ashamed of? Oh, God. Well... <laughs> you probably not think it's that bad. Well, actually, I think it's the worst thing you could do in the world. But So, you know how mentally unwell my mum is? Mm -hmm. When I was a kid... Um, she used to cycle everywhere on her bike. I feel really emotional even saying this. My ears have just popped because um, <laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself. <coughs> anyway, yeah, she used to get everyone up everywhere on her bike and she got some food shopping from the shops and she had um, bags in the basket and on the handlebars. And as she was cycling home, she fell off her bike and hurt herself. And all these kids went to help her. And I was so embarrassed that I just pretended I didn't know her. God, that's... I can't breathe. Yeah. I feel awful. That is, but yeah. she... Yeah. My ears have popped. And, I mean, that it taught me a massive lesson. So maybe mm. it was guilt rather than shame. I think I've done so many things like that to my mum. In fact, I want to scratch my sexual encounter story. Because I <laughs> definitely have. It was just like a multiple, really dark moment. Multiple stories of letting my parents down. Multiple. And I will forever harbour guilt for, like, yeah. being a shit teenager. Like really treating them badly and being a dickhead to them or like one time my mum drove all the way up to Edinburgh when I was at university yeah. to see me for my birthday yeah and I was like not having the time to see her she dro drove from London to Edinburgh to see me right and you knew she was coming no it was a surprise Aww. but I did not make a sufficient time I saw her but I did not make sufficient time to see her and I was a bit of a dick to her the whole time she was there shit yeah, I've done loads of bad shit to my parents, actually. Um, you should be ashamed of yourself. I am so ashamed of myself, but that's part and parcel of it. Like, you 
you probably test and test the waters and test the lines and like test your own moral compass. So yeah. I think shame is sometimes associated with like you realize it's wrong. And so you're testing that moral code of like, how far do I personally think I can take it before I start to feel shame, before mm. I start to feel bad about it? Um, God, I, I feel like, you know, when you get that feeling, it's like that deep guilt, shame feeling, and you're like, oh no, I've done something really bad. Yeah. I hate that. On to adulthood. <laughs> what what music would you have playing as you progress from your childhood to your adulthood? What's the coming of age music for Charlie Ray Times? I'm not a girl. So, shaming people is power play, the act of shaming people. What we've spoken about so far is about the feelings we hold within ourselves and our own personal sort of responsibility. But shaming another person is power play, and it's a silencing tool. Do women feel more shame than men? The Telegraph reported, Feelings of guilt are more intense among females, not only amongst adolescents, but also amongst young and adult women. Most common reasons for guilt was causing some sort of harm to others, which is described as anxious, aggressive guilt. The anxious, aggressive guilt is the kind of guilt is more common in people who have been raised in a more blame-imposing environment and who are governed by stricter rules about behaviour in general. I'd say it's safe to say the women have stricter rules about their behaviour. Yeah, we, we grow up in a much more repressive culture uh, and that's from, yeah, like wearing what we want to wear, saying what we want to say... It's just so much more difficult and we have to learn where our lines are and our lines are drawn further back than men so that we feel shame quicker. We shame quicker, harder, faster. Stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Are we actually just better? Uh, So perhaps that's why the feminist struggle is so hard because not only do we have to deal with like these stricter rules but we're feeling these feelings of shame which really really prevent people from coming forward and I think it's really interesting that when we spoke about our most shameful moments your first response was talking about sexual experiences and you weren't there talking about uh where somewhere where you've maybe abused someone or treated someone badly it was more about yourself about Mm. you maybe felt like you you personally crossed the line but you didn't hurt anyone no it's about like social expectation of how women are supposed to deal with sex and I never conformed to that and I I worry that people would judge me because of my freedom with it perhaps freedom with sex my freedom with sex no but that's freedom with myself as well like that really can stress people out that can make people feel uncomfortable if you're a woman who's talking about how many one night stands you had and how you're quite happy to you know engage with people and talk to people about sex and be open with it like people feel uncomfortable and they judge you but everyone loves samantha from sex in the city they don't yeah they love her but they don't want to like marry her or make her like mayor cynthia nixon's running for like, hell yeah governor. i hope she gets <laughs> That's it she seems quite interesting yeah, I like right? her. She's great. Mm-hmm. do you think you feel more shame than the men in your life do you think that's true like yeah. you think about your peers the women in my life are big warriors because they're worried about the future. They're worried about what people are going to think of them. Yeah. They're worried about their reputations. They're worried about, yeah, so much stuff. And the men in my life are like, I just feel like they have less to worry about. Yeah. And I'm jealous of that. I'm jealous of the freedom that they can breeze through life with. Yeah. I have, I have a constant feeling that I've let down or disappointed people around me. 
and my husband's constantly being like, you didn't say anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. Mm. And he, he doesn't have that. And I know he sometimes upsets people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love him, but he a can protective. be sometimes. Yeah, we have, like, a protective filter of, like, I cannot cross the line as much. Or be provocative. Yeah. Like, I feel like I always have to play it safe and, like, be everyone's friend. When even mm. though sometimes I'm like, what you're talking about is so incredibly boring. And the <laughs> fact that you've made us all listen to you talk about <laughs> your garden shed is stupid and it makes you unaware of everyone around you but instead I sit there and be like oh yeah really tell me about the tarmacking in the front like I don't care female floors are seen as much worse than a male floors it's like oh she's aggressive so like, yeah and all the men in here are aggressive too why can't she be a bit aggressive mm. what, what's wrong with that it's like I think slut shaming is the biggest part of female shame I've been slut shamed so much I haven't had sex with that many people <laughs> When I was at school, there was a lady at the hairdresser, a girl at the hairdresser who was a few years older than me, and my friend went in for a haircut and she washed her hair and was like, oh, your friends are Charlie Braids? And she was like, yeah. So she gives, she gives everyone blowjobs, doesn't she? And I'd only given two people a blowjob. Like, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't something I did. <laughs> I felt really ashamed. And I went yeah. to school being like, oh, my God, all these people I don't know think I give everyone blowjobs. But I've only done it twice and I didn't really know what I was doing. Oh... I think I once got shamed by a bunch of girls because I had hairy arms and they all had like no hair on their arms. They were like, one of them was like, look at the hair on my arm. And she had like three blonde hairs. Did and she they all like looked around at each other. Shave them. I had some no, friends at just... school that used to shave their arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just was like, you know, God's gift and wasn't like hairy. You know, Indian people are hairy. That just happens. And I remember being like so ashamed, like really going home and like begging my mum to help me figure out what I could do with them because like I didn't I couldn't live a life where you, I had hairy arms you don't have that hairy arms yeah I actually waxed them a couple of weeks ago so you know maybe you that, shame, that shame continues yeah I've never done it before I actually was going to get my armpits waxed and then she was and like do you want your arms and I was like yeah carry right on <laughs> It feels like it's gonna work just keep going <laughs> you come out of no hair on you at all anywhere um, let's talk about celebrity women and shame because that's a big thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, for anyone listening who's interested in shame and the way we dish it out and take it in, a really good book is John Ronson's So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Um, and basically, in the book, he goes through loads of different accounts of public shaming. There's just one account in the book I thought I'd bring up because I thought it was interesting. Because basically, one of the conclusions of the whole piece, because he interviews men and women, and he said the thing that really stu- stood out for him was the way that men and women were shamed differently. Basically, he says, when a man gets shamed, it's, I'm going to get you fired. And when a woman gets shamed, it's I'm going to rape you would you agree that rape is the ultimate way to shame a woman yeah although sometimes you read on Twitter that people write like you're so great you're so, I hate you so much that I wouldn't even rape you well, that's like another kind of level but like throwing but that rape, is showing that rape is the ultimate thing and it's like I wouldn't even do the worst thing I could do oh well, yeah it's power play like you were saying I mean that's like the ultimate bit of power play isn't mm-hmm. it like rape is control I often have dreams I don't know if you can, we can speak about dreams here because you, people hate it when you speak about dreams uh, depends how you do it <laughs> I had a dream <laughs> everyone hates when you do that so I when I've had a dream that I've been raped which is is quite a common dream for me when I have a nightmare mm. um, I wake up in the night and I'm like oh, how am I going to tell my husband and my first oh, thought God. is always, how am I going to explain it to him? Yeah. Isn't that weird? And he's very caring. He would never blame me, I'm sure. Yeah. But I'm, I guess we're just conditioned to feel like 
that part of us if that's taken away. And that's so bad. Mm. I never... You know, if someone came if someone came to you and said this has happened to me, yeah, you would be like, "Be quiet. We're looking after you. You're going to be fine. Yeah. This is not an issue." Whereas when you're thinking about yourself, you have different rules for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like I think that you you have this. I mean, I've actually also had dreams by being raped, weirdly, and I wonder if that's something that all women kind of sometimes like fear and I remember mm. when I was younger I used to say I hope that if anybody ever took me off the street that they would kill me because if they raped me and I had to can survive after that I think I'd find it really difficult oh my God. and I used to really believe that when I was younger That's and now really I've scary. met so many amazing you know like I don't really like to use the phrase survivors Survivor. but yeah. they are survivors of, of like assault and it's just like wow like I used to think I must have projected a feeling of what their life might be like but so many people have yeah sexually assaulted badly like most women have so Mm. why do you think women's sexuality is so valuable like in the press like if you're gonna slut shame a celebrity that's basically is that not basically the daily mail online yeah they love they love slut shame people like commenting on how short a woman's skirt is or you know how like low cut her top is that's like you know value yeah that's value it's stepping out stepping out with a new man (laughs) isn't she spreading it around spreading like it's all these like phrases like these sexual phrases attached to like clothing as well to like link it so that we can never break away from that whole thing so when women get asked like what were you wearing it's because people are constantly even linking it to it so like because you wear a low-cut top and the media sexualizing you you will get raped and that will be your fault because you know the codes you know the meaning you know that we're all attaching it to it so like that's awful that's how we read it yeah like sex is just such currency in those kind of tabloid papers and i find it all really depressing it is actually really depressing but it's lily allen had something really interesting to say oh lily what's she saying listen to this so this was lily allen on james o'brien the unfilteredness of um of my being is a massive threat to them i think that the daily mail the sun or you know news court I, where women are concerned shame is such a currency yeah. and the idea that a woman can express herself freely and seemingly without any shame is a massive threat money is power yes. right um and i think that you know sh- women and shame it goes back to adam and eve yes. you know and um the kardashians have managed to sell sex essentially yes without any shame and they are killing it they have made a lot of money and i think that that's there's a lot of potential there in terms of women and the future it's an interesting thing to say and um and i think that the establishment is terrified has been used against women, it can also be weaponized in the feminist plight. Or we can call people out, basically. Mm. <laughs> so what is calling people out? Calling people out is making public that you don't agree with them, that you think what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I think calling out is, is, is such an interesting thing to happen to people because it's like a community response. Yeah. So the community dis- disapproves of what you've said. 
And then they say, you are wrong and what you said is wrong. And there's always like a victim and a perpetrator. Mm. And it just feels a bit polarizing and like mm. I have a, a real problem with like that community response to it. But it can be used to do lots of great things. Like we've called out Harvey Weinstein recently. Mm-hmm. We. I tweeted. <laughs> Women of the media. I tweeted. I tweeted. <laughs> have you ever called anyone out online? Um, you know what? I don't think I have. I think I've played it quite, quite quiet online. Keep it calm, keep it cool. Keep it calm and keep it cool, just like peer, <laughs> perhaps. But I'm always really good at calling people out in real life. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't let people get away with stuff. I'm quite, you can't really say that, or like, that's quite a general statement to make. And like, you know, perhaps. Yeah. Like, I hate when people do like, overarching facts to do with like, race or gender yeah. or age. I'm much better in writing. <laughs> and I often, if it's in a social situation, someone will say something that is racist, homophobic, sexist. I'll let it slide then and there. And then I'll message them later and be like, I don't know if you meant to say this, but when you said this, it really hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> or I think it was quite offensive what you said. Yeah. And I'm, I am getting better at being in the moment because I think when you're not in the moment, especially if it's a friend... They're just like, oh, you're such a dick. Why don't yeah, you just say? say now you've time. made it a massive thing. So the court of public opinion on Twitter, I think it's quite interesting because our moral guide is no longer the church or a religion as it would have been probably even 50 years ago. So we're now living in this very secular world where... Well, we um, are. We are, yeah. Mm. But kind of Great Britain, not that many people identify as religious. Mm. So there isn't one collective thought that's pushing our morality in a certain way. So now social media has started its own (laughs) collective moral thought. I think in a lot of ways it's been good because it's pushed us into different directions. I think Mm. feminism, the fourth way that feminism wouldn't be where it is now without online. And a lot of feminism is calling people out. Mm. Um, What do you think about the court of public opinion? I think it's it's difficult and it's flawed, but it has seen so many interesting conversations start. Mm. And so as an instigator to opening dialogue about things, I think it's been brilliant. So like, you know, the Me Too movement really got people talking about those lines of definition between sexual assault yeah. and, and, and talking about like how they feel as women, as unempowered in society mm. still. But sometimes I think Twitter as a collective can grab onto an issue and make it something that it just didn't need to be or shame somebody when they don't really understand the levels of that person yeah. and it's so quick and fast yeah the public opinion it's either you do something good or you do something bad there's no in between like yeah. i never get retweeted for being like you know i didn't really mind that show on netflix that was about this yeah you have to be one way or another exactly. you have to have an opinion and that polarized discussion points it's just nothing i'm interested in anymore like i don't want to hear politics explained to me in like left and right terms it has to be much and more nuanced and layered i think that's why we've brexited mm. why trump's happened and when we worked in you know when we've done different tv shows in the past and we're doing politics it is you need for and against it has to be debated and i think debate the form of debate is a really masculine way to have an intellectual discussion Mm. and do we always need to have a debate especially where something so basic is at stake Mm -hmm. because you remember when we were trying to do our feminism show um for free speech um we were putting forward all these ideas for the first debate what's going to be our debate and the commissioners and our seniors wanted to do 
is Britain sexist? And we're like, but we know it is. Why are we... Yeah. <laughs> why is that our starting point? Our, yeah. Can our starting point be more Further nuanced? Along. Yeah. So you were getting stuck in the... Is, are we sexist way? Mm. And I think Twitter's very much like that. Are we racist? Are we sexist? Are we... And all these different inequalities, which we kind of need to go, yes, we are. And mm. then we can actually have the conversation and we're all starting from the same point because otherwise it's just headbutting and headbutting all the time. But who owns Twitter? Who, who is actually having we the We do the people. Well, we don't. <laughs> yeah. The people making it's the money. the people with the most followers. You mm. know, it's the people with the, you know, the loudest voice. Yeah. It's so annoying. <laughs> I mean, I have like 300 followers that so I literally have no voice on Twitter, but... So with the Me Too movement, obviously Harvey Weinstein has gone through the court of public opinion and we found him guilty. Like <laughs> Guilty? I have no qualms about um, if I was a judge putting him in prison from the evidence I've heard. Mm. But no charges have actually been held against him yet. He's not, he's not on trial yet. Nothing's happened. Yeah. When's he going to go on trial? And it is something that could disappear because he's... Until now, he's been so good at paying paying off cases that can he just make the allegations mm-hmm. disappear this time? But that's also about like um, how people apologise as well. The court of public opinion, like if mm. you apologise, are you redeemed? Uh, and how <clears throat> how can you be redeemed? So if you make a mistake, yeah. So Harvey Weinstein's come out and been like, look, I'm really embarrassed for my. I'm not defending Harvey Weinstein, by the way, but. <laughs> He has come Sounds out and like said, you <laughs> he has come out and said, you know, I'm sorry, the actions that I had when I was, you know, younger, I'm really ashamed of, and anyone that I've hurt, I apologise to. And, you know, this, it, yeah, he, he actually will be tried, he should be tried in a court of law, right, because he's actually, you know. We the, need to watch that case, we need to watch it go through, because yeah. I feel like I thought he had for some reason. Mm. But also, I do think, you know, like, Aziz Ansari's, uh, the, the, the evidence given against him about kind of inappropriate behavior but not a I don't even know how to categorize it I think that was the thing with it it was like what is the line here but I feel like he's been put through the the public opinion Mm. the court of public opinion when actually his crimes or not crimes or I don't know how we would like to describe them but they're not as bad as some of the other people but Mm. the public chooses something that captures their imagination and just runs with it and it kind of feels quite random sometimes Mm. not just that but like (laughs) is everyone's line different yeah is that a weird thing to say but like yeah i I don't know like sometimes when i think about aziz ansari and i'm like if a guy did that to me i would be angry and upset but i probably wouldn't reference it as anything other than some stupid thing that men do to me all the time i think a guy has done that to me yeah. i think a number of guys have done that to me i don't know if but i've had much more extreme cases of other things happening yeah. to me which i would classify as sexual assault yeah and yeah. not that but me my too. lines are different Hashtag because if too. i hadn't had that extreme thing maybe as a sorry would be the most extreme thing that would have happened to me but another thing about his case is that he was mr Mr. Feminism. He wrote yeah. the book Modern Dating, Modern, modern Romance. Loves. That's it. Modern Love. Yeah. <laughs> the we modern both read bit. it. As in, sorry, somebody who like fell from from a certain a great place. height. Yeah. yeah, like he just had recently won awards for um, Master of None, yeah. and so you know it was like a big deal for him. Yeah. But Harvey Weinstein, you know, like take down these powerful characters because actually you realise the men who are holding these seats of power are able to commit these, like, atrocities. When you read some of the transcripts, they have, they're nothing short of atrocities. No, they are. And they were able to get away with it for so long. Yeah. We know what calling out is, but what about calling someone in? Ooh. Have you ever called anyone in? I don't even know what that means. Basically, it's 
calling someone in is being able to feel like you can educate them when they say something that you disagree with so it's kind of a nice version of calling someone out it's like it's just saying oh, I get what you're saying I know why you might you might say that because of stereotyping in the media but things are a bit more interesting here's a bit of here's a bit of background on that yeah and taking the time to chat with and educate people and there's a big thing in feminist circles at the moment about the emotional energy that takes. Yeah, it's exhausting always being the one bringing stuff up yeah. as well. Just... And having to educate people on a solo basis. Yeah. But I also wonder if it's also like always... Because I don't know if I'd like to use the phrase like always having to educate people, but always have to... Inf- yeah, it is education, isn't it? Like you're informing them that you're feeling something different to the way they would feel about it. Yeah, maybe that is it. Explaining yourself, I guess. Yeah. I feel it sometimes. I mean, obviously white cis woman over here, straight woman. But um, sometimes with my male friends, I feel like they hold some questions for when I'm with them at the pub. And you're like, oh God, it's Saturday night and I'm trying to explain the gender wage gap to you again. Mm. And it's like, can you not just do some research on your own? Like, I had I'm a friend not... call me at work because he was writing a script about uh, a sci-fi film talking about women's fertility in the future. Right. And he wanted to run through a bit of the script with me, or like a bit of a script narrative plotline with me, mm-hmm. to ask me how I felt about it. <laughs> like I would be his to moral see if guide. your <laughs> feminist alarm went off. Yeah, it didn't. He was really, really like well, he was very interesting about it. But um, yeah, I, I guess can... you don't always be the one. It is exhausting always talking about it. But it's so important. It's so the way to have proper dialogue and calling someone out. I think is much harsher than calling someone in. I like the idea of calling someone in. Calling someone in, in, I like it. Come in, have a seat, have a cup of tea, let's talk this through. Yeah. I like that. That's much nicer than shaming someone. Yeah. Do you think calling someone out and shaming is the same thing? I mean, for what I've seen on Twitter, yes. Yeah. Yeah, like even, I mean, again, no sympathy with Harvey Weinstein. He has been publicly shamed yeah, you know, run through the what do they call it? Like drag through face? the yeah. Didn't like drag a reporter tried to punch him in a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. Like he was yeah, maybe drag through the bush, drag through the mud, drag through the dirt. I wonder if he's had any rape threats. I mean, because he's definitely been thre- he's been threatened with the loss of his job, and I wonder if John Ron Ronson's job or rape <laughs> thing is true. Yeah, be interesting. interesting to know. I wonder, Harvey, if you're listening, um, we we still want the dialogue. We're going to be calling you in. Calling you in, we'd like After to you've been publicly called out. Yeah. Do you think... Yeah, no, no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, it would be really great if you liked us, shared us, subscribed to us, and all of that. It means a lot. It means a lot.